Welcome to the family here on Purple Mafia. I'm your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Wygen. Purple Mafia is available on the sportstuff.com, iTunes, Stitcher, and Double Twist. It's a pleasure to be back on board to talk about the Minnesota Vikings once again today. Here we are, baby. Uh, the Vikings are now 4-0, and oh, as I predicted. Here we stand once again. Um, and just to let you know that... My voice sound a little might sound a little different, trying to be careful not to wake my wife up, so trying to piece things together, if you know what I mean. So <laughs> doing the best I can to get this show to you, but I'm gonna do the best but I'm also gonna I'm not gonna be shy about my excitement about this football team right now. Uh, to open things out, of course, well, the show is the three segments, game review, New York Giants, Vikings. Uh, the second one is of course the NFC North review and previewing the Houston Texans as we head into the bye. And fan interaction segment number three. So here we go. To open things up, I've watched a lot of football for many years. In fact, this is the 25th season of me watching football. I've watched the Vikings and the NFL since 1992. And I'm telling you, I've seen a lot of good football teams, a lot of bad football teams, but I've seen a lot of good football teams. The 94 49ers, 92 93 Cowboys. The, uh, I mean, it just can go on. The 98 Vikings. We've seen the Patriots years in and year out. Uh, we've seen a lot of lot of great football teams, the Baltimore Ravens in 2000, defense like that. Uh, of course, the Seahawks, which I hate, but still a very, very good football team, I have to admit it. This Minnesota Vikings team, they're in 2016 with this defense and this timely and well well put together offense. Better, well, very well put together when you consider the circumstances and such. Uh, this team right now has a look of a team that uh, is on the uh, is in a special season right now. I mean, there is something very special about this football team, and I, I, I'm just gushing with joy right now when when, you, when we talk about the Minnesota Vikings. And I don't blame a soul out there that would be saying the same thing at this point in time. It's one thing to be four and zero like the Vikings were back in '96 and, and even 2009 and 2000 and seasons like that, '98, but. This is the most dominant 4-0 I've ever seen. I mean, this is a, just a fantastic, fantastic dominance of this football team. The Tennessee game we've already talked about, obviously, going back and forth. How the Vikings just kind of went from a, a scary situation to they just kicked their butts. I mean, the teams are just relegated. Great quarterbacks relegated to just mind-boggling numbers. I mean, it's unbelievable. One touchdown pass from Eli Manning. And, and and Aaron Rodgers and uh, uh, Cam Newton combined. I mean, these are Super Bowl cha- uh, Super Bowl caliber quarterbacks. Two of them have won championships. Two championships for uh, Mr. Eli Manning. Of course, he hasn't played as well in the regular season as he has in the postseason, but still a good quarterback. But again, a bad history against the Minnesota Vikings. Though, again, I would never want to play him in the playoffs. Never. And Vikings winning... On Monday night, obviously, well, it hampers the Giants' chances of making the playoffs. It's going to be harder to win that NFC East than we thought. I mean, it looked like the Giants were going to win that thing. I don't know. I'm not so sure right now with the way the Eagles are playing, and even the Washington Redskins playing significantly better. But there is something very special about this football team. I mean, the defense was just absolutely insane outside of a crazy breakdown out of nowhere. Leading <laughs> the or early in the fourth quarter, that 67-yard run by Perkins. I mean, who the heck is that on a screen pass? Very good blocking and everything, but outside of that, outside of that play, 
the defense was just it relegated the Giants to uh, literally just an enigma. Like they, I mean, they didn't know what the hell they're doing anymore. And you have guys like Odell Beckham, so talented, turning out to be just an imbecile. I mean, he is. <laughs> Doesn't look good. Other wide receivers along the way with the Giants, nothing special. Um, like always, there was a slightly scary thing, but it was only at the very beginning, the opening kickoff, 44-yard return, early, very early on, by Dwayne Harris. Scared us a little bit, but then the Vikings defense is like, eh. And see, you see talented teams like this coming into the season. You saw the 98 Vikings. See, this is where I'm going to contrast this team to the 98 Vikings, which we deeply, and I mean deeply, hope that we don't have the same type of ending to the 98 season. So I'm not comparing them in that sense. This season is unwritten yet. So <laughs> let's just let's just hope for the final the final ending here, the ending we've all been hoping for once and for all. But um, you came into 1998, and the whole talk of that team coming into that season was what the offense, right? And how outstanding the offense is going to be. This, 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 but a, a lot of us were thinking, well, yeah, the offense might be good. the offense might be good, but we'll see just how good it is. We had no idea just how historically amazing that offense was going to be. And you come into this season, the defense is going to be fantastic. They continue to get better and better. But I don't think we really truly knew how amazing this defense truly is. You have NFL.com comparing the Minnesota Vikings to the 1985 Chicago Bears. Ridiculous numbers, and if we through the first four games, the numbers are extremely similar out there. Um, just unbelievable. Uh, the amount of touchdowns given up, yardage, and of course the 4-0 record, very similar to the 85 Bears. I mean, it is just unbelievable. A team with a quarterback that has a better arm than Teddy Bridgewater now. And I'm telling you, teams, when when, when you're going to end a curse, you have to do it by climbing the steepest mountain. The only way to end a curse is by climbing the steepest mountain. And that is the theme of this season, folks, for me. That is the theme of this season, because what kind of mountain has been put in front of us? An almost impossible one, right? You come into this season all optimistic. Teddy Bridgewater coming into his third season. He looks so good and so promising. And his knee literally does what it does. We don't even want to go into the graphics of it. Just horrible. You lose the top running back in the NFL to a meniscus tear. You lose your left tackle, who much maligned, but still losing him for the season. You think that's a disaster. Yet here we are, right now, a team that a lot of people believe could go to the Super Bowl this year. And at the end of the and, and at the same time, of course we have to slow our roll. But through four games, there isn't really a team clearly better than the Minnesota Vikings right now. Even the Patriots lost yesterday, and we'll talk about that briefly in segment number two, depending on what direction I go. You know how it's just kind of a momentum thing for me. But this has just been fantastic. Uh, Denver's four and zero, Philadelphia three and zero, and that's it. That's it. Philadelphia on the bye, Green Bay on the bye, and the Lions and the and the Tigers. No, the Lions and the Bears <laughs> play each other yesterday. So segment number two will be very easy for me. Um, but uh, what, just there's something very magical about this club right now. Uh, where where do I begin? Other than just the defense just really shut this team down in that first half, made them look absolutely useless. Uh, Josh Brown finally giving the 
<laughs> the New York Giants a 40-yard field goal with only six seconds left in the half. And Sam Bradford finding a wonderful, uh, wonderful partner in Kyle Rudolph. That's his favorite guy to throw touchdowns to in the end zone, those little corner corner or even up the middle. Actually, up the middle most of the time, but an occasion corner just sailing into Kyle Rudolph. Beautiful, beautiful connection between Bradford and Rudolph, and it's been happening extensively since uh, Bradford came to the Vikings, or since Bradford has started for the Vikings against Green Bay. In fact, the first decent play from Bradford was to Kyle Rudolph, and it's a wonderful chemistry they formed. And of course, Stefan Diggs, I mean, it's just unbelievable. In the, uh, the past couple of weeks, not nearly the, quite the performance between Diggs and uh, Bradford, as there were in the previous week, two weeks, especially the first week, I should say. Uh, Stefan Diggs, still very solid. Um, and it's like we were talking about how this offense still just, it's just like a fingernail away from really starting to take off when you saw Diggs and Bradford kind of miss on one where, where Bradford slightly overthrew him and such, trying to get the timing down between the two. Still not quite there. And then all of a sudden the offense, when they had to really face a challenge, of course they led 14-3, to 17-3, and Blair Walsh missed a 46-yard field goal, drawing the ire of Mike Zimmer and a lot of fan bases. And you saw an MF out of Mike Zimmer. He actually said it in anger which could have meant Blair Walsh possibly being cut this morning had he missed the 44-yarder, but he nailed that. Vikings took a 17-3 lead at that point. But then, of course, you get you get Perkins running the distance on a pretty good, pretty good play by the New York Giants, admittedly. Um, Vikings were fooled pretty bad on that one. The blocking was good. Uh, like I said earlier, uh, there were some missed tackles along the way, drawing a massive ire out of Mike Zimmer. Giants only needed a one-yard touchdown to get in the end zone from Darkwa. One-yard rush from him. But then it was like, okay, it's a 17-10 game. And then <laughs> when the offense, the pressure's put on the offense, and they just roll right down the field. And that's why I think this is a really special team. And, the, and it's like at the time you saw the Vikings having to punt several times in that second half and such, kind of frustrating. But then when they had to score, they did so easily. I mean, Bradford nailing Stefan Diggs along the way. And, of course, you finally saw a connection between Bradford and Charles Johnson. Johnson really broke loose in this one, and all the credit to him, a 40-yard gain, which ultimately led to Eric McKinnon, who continues to emerge, and I think it absolutely is a starting running back in this league. Um, McKinnon was just wonderful in this game, a 25-yard play, uh, patiently waiting for the blocks and getting through and making some shifty moves ultimately finishing that drive for a touchdown, getting the Vikings up 24-10, to 10, just making it look easy. I mean, this offense made it look absolutely easy during that during that drive, and it just shows you how special this team truly is when you look at the big picture here. I mean, the big picture is a beautiful picture right now when you talk about this Minnesota Vikings team here in 2016. First time we've been 4-0 since, since uh, 2009, and remember how what a wonderful special season that was, and too bad it didn't finished the way it should have in a lot of people's minds. The Vikings would have definitely beaten the the uh, the uh, Indianapolis Colts, and we sh- absolutely should have beaten the Saints, and if not for sloppy, sloppy play with 10,000 fumbles, it felt like. It was more like five, but it felt like a thousand. Um, but uh, there's your starting running back, I-, I think, long-term. Maybe right now, already, long-term, and for the rest of the time, the rest of time, for the rest of his career anyway, 85-yard game and 44.7 on the ground. A very balanced offense, not all Adrian, 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 and eight, eight men in a box, that type of nonsense. You have a very balanced uh, offense that will keep the defense very honest. Um, 
You have a quarterback that's extremely accurate, has a good arm, efficient, and and, and just so intelligent. I mean, he still hasn't thrown an interception this year, knock on wood. And, you know, the odds of that are, well, I mean, quarterback is going to throw an interception at some point, but you have a quarterback rating of 102 against the Giants defense. That's not the best thing you ever saw, but not the worst thing you ever saw either. You got some good defensive players in that secondary, and they they uh, helped put the cause of the Vikings to punt several times in the game. Uh, another crazy statistic, though, in this one, when you consider how amazing the Vikings defense was, they didn't even sack Eli Manning a single time. Uh, and the Vikings offensive line did not give up a sack either. There was a zero sack performance for either team in this game, which is the strangest thing you ever saw. You'd think at least somebody would sneak in and get one sack. But uh, there it is, zero sacks in the game. I, 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 I'm shocked, actually, to see that, but consider how well <laughs> the defense played despite not sacking Eli Manning. They just focused on the pass. And that was the different approach this time. And remember I was talking about if the Vikings lost the football game, it would be in the air because they have three talented receivers. you got a good slot receiver, Victor Cruz, yet one of the best receivers in Odell Beckham who looked like crud. Ha ha. Much to his chagrin. And you have Sterling Shepard who's one of the better rookies out there as well. He did not have a very solid game either. The Vikings secondary really stood up to play in this one, and it was just a beautiful thing. Uh, Xavier Rhodes, yes, he's healthy, and he kept up with his man, Odell Beckham, and it got to a point where Odell Beckham was flagged for taunting, unsportsmanlike conduct, just stupid-ass play, and he's starting to whine about flags being thrown, and it is what it is, and stuff like that, they're picking on me, blah, 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 drawing the ire of many a fan in the NFL out there, many a radio host out there as well. Odell Beckham, just a joke, well, congratulations to the Toronto, uh, uh, Blue Jays, they're on their way to the divisional series. That just happened in the background. <laughs> so they'll be playing the Rangers. Sorry. I tend to have something going on in the background. Now we got baseball playoffs. Yep. It's going to be fun to keep up with that. But um, Xavier Rhodes, uh, just unbelievable defense throughout the entire game. He even added an interception on a miscue. It looked like an a incorrect route. Um, I, it wasn't a bad pass by Eli Manning. He just looked befuddled like, where are you going? looked like it was supposed to be more of a deep play than it was. The receiver stopped, and the pass kept going. That type of play, miscue. And um, that just is what it is there. Uh, and uh, Xavier Rhodes capitalizing on that. Xavier Rhodes is the dominant player defensively overall, I think, in this one. Just a fantastic, beautiful performance. You have several players with strong performances in this one. Ken Bradford, extremely good. Um, just so solid. <laughs> and the offensive line doing such a good job. And Serrell's. Jeremiah Serrells, undrafted, number 78, just doing a fantastic job. He got flagged for a false start, but, I mean, hello. Things are going to happen. TJ Clemmings doing a good job again. This offensive line had their best game of the season so far. Um, Boone, who I missed. <laughs> I can't believe I said, I said his name wrong on the last show, but it's just my mind's floating around so much with so much, so much going on that I say the name wrong. I don't know why I did that, and I didn't even realize I did it. I would I would have caught myself, and I didn't, so please do forgive me for that. Um, Boone having a very strong game, though, in the whole offensive line, really stepping up when need be. Another name who you saw make a beautiful play. It was this 21-yard long, the way he just kind of, he started to run his route, and then you you, you, you know you do the hesitation play, which draws the uh, defense, which shakes the defensive uh, back, 
and then he he breaks about three tackles and gets a 21-yard gain on the play. He was targeted six times. Cordero Patterson, five catches for the first time since 2014. He only had two catches all last season, completely invisible in the offense. It was all special teams. He also helped draw a fumble early on, which led the Vikings to the uh, their first touchdown, again, to uh, Mr. Kyle Rudolph. Just a fantastic play where Marcus Sherrill's again recovering the, 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 the punt. Uh, just a beautiful play. Um, Cordero Patterson forcing it by attacking, basically. They call him a gunner. <laughs> and Cheryl's recovering it, stuff like that. Cordero Patterson really, really stepping up, and it's nice to see. And that's why he made the team this year. Uh, beautiful sight. Uh, Mr. Laquan Treadwell suited up for the first time, and that was it. No catches, no targets. Unfortunately, you did not see uh, Laquan Treadwell. Uh, make his first NFL catch yet, and that's unfortunate. But hey, other rookies have been sat down and had to had to, had to kind of ride the pine or or be inactive or, or you know be in the game but not be thrown to early on as well. Like Jarius Wright, it took half the season for him to get going. Stephon Diggs, it took a little while last year too, and then bam, all of a sudden there he was. So again, Laquan Treadwell will emerge at some point. Adam Thielen again, very solid, another good play, but only three targets in the game, two catches. Uh, Thielen. Everybody loves him, though. Fantastic player. He's the Chris Walsh of this era, but a much more, but a more athletic, better version of him. Gotta love him. Uh, Rudolph Johnson again, like a forty-yard play that helped set up that final touchdown of the game. From Jarek McKinnon. I mean, just so impressive, so beautiful. Um, a dominant performance. Don't have a whole lot to complain about other than Blair Walsh again. Um, that's about all there is to say about it. Uh, to, to, if you want to, my honest opinion, the Giants, just nothing impressive to say about them right now. Yeah, and I guess that's a good thing because you don't want them in the playoffs. Uh, if the Vikings are to make a playoff run, you don't want the New York Giants in the playoffs. Of course, Seattle, a, a scary team as well. They're stepping up after a horrible start to the season. But the Vikings' chances of making a playoff run are very good. And I think the chance, but and I also think the chances of this team <laughs> being undefeated this year at home in U.S. Bank are extremely strong, and that is a very, 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 very encouraging sign for this club in their quest to a, a Super Bowl, their their eventual goal. Of course, you got yeah, you only have twelve more games to play though, so <laughs> we'll get to that when the time comes. Um, oh, the uh, again, the only turnover the entire season was not even on offense. It was after uh, Sandejo had recovered a fumble, and he fumbled it right back. That was kind of funny. So that's it. Um, just unbelievable efficiency by Sam Bradford and this team protecting the football. Gotta love it. And there you go. That might be one of the, again, the blessings in disguise with Adrian Peterson. Again, you don't have to have the whole game focused on Adrian, Adrian, Adrian. And you also don't have to worry about fumbling. And, of course, you get a more versatile player in Jarek McKinnon, who not only can run the ball like a starting running back, but he can also catch the ball as well, unlike Adrian Peterson. Um third down efficiency for the Giants, 2 of 12 along the way, just like non-existent garbage, and that's beautiful because the Vikings defense, absolutely amazing the Vikings third down efficiency, 8 of 16 it, it, just just like they just flat get the job done, and that's all there is to it wonderful overall performance um, 
time of possession dominated by the Vikings by 35, 35 and a half minutes to 24 and a half yardage, almost the same stuff like that. So similarities in some areas and differences in others, but overall the Vikings defense, again, the heroes, but the offense as well, showing that they can get the job done when they need to. And that's what's got us so confident right now, feeling so good. And you hope this just keeps continuing along the way. Forgive the weird English there. It wasn't bad English. It was just strange. Fran Tarkenton Award for this one is going to go to Xavier Rhodes. I mean, he was just absolutely fantastic. Again, the only way the New York Giants were going to beat the Vikings was through the air. And they didn't get it done because of the likes of Xavier Rhodes. Just beautiful. And he wasn't the only player who played well in the game. But he was the best of the best. Absolutely great. Um, <laughs> Christian Potter Memorial Blair Walsh again I mean Mother Effer according to Mike Zimmer Mother Effer Blair Walsh missing the 44 uh, 46-yarder pardon me along the way it was the classic wide left that's what it was I mean it was just wide left kicked right where it didn't need to be and you knew it the minute he let go the, the minute the ball came out um, end of story there disappointing um <laughs> And he's still on the team. That's the one fear right now with most people. We're not worried about the defense giving up big plays, even though they did give up one. But luckily, it was just one the entire game. And hopefully, you won't have to worry about that too much. The offense, I feel pretty strong. Even the offensive line showing up to play, continuing to improve the past couple of games. And it's a good sign. And the more the offensive line steps up, the less you have to worry about Sam Bradford getting his ass kicked and that's good. <laughs> and Bradford getting rid of the ball. He even saw him run for a five-yard play, getting a first down. Kind of an awkward slide. Thank God nothing bad happened. And yeah, we're all a little bit worried about that. But luckily, Bradford coming out there unscathed for the most part. <laughs> Harrison Smith leading the way in tackles. Captain Munnerlyn, slot receiver, being strong, tough along the way. Kendrick's always just a dominant player. Um... Rose, just just sick, awesome. Uh, two passes deflected in the game along the way. The interception again. Trey Waynes was strong in limited action because he wasn't starting this time around. This defense just makes you smile, doesn't it? Just beautiful. Linval Joseph, what a what a stud. Uh, Anthony Barr, very active as well, knocking a pass away and uh, just really getting in the mix out there. You're really getting into uh, Eli Manning's grill along the way and stopping the run. Uh, just, I'm so happy, so pleased with this football team right now, and I don't blame a soul who who would who would who would say the same. So with that, we will wrap up segment number one for the four and zero Minnesota Vikings, and get into the NFC North roundup, and of course preview the Houston Texans game next week. Now, another installment of George Stories. Yet one more in the boat era. <laughs> Back in the early 90s in this case. I think this was 93, 94. Right around that time. Um, my brother and my dad had gone... We, we stopped at a dock. And my brother and my dad went up into a grocery store which was nearby maybe like across the street or something I didn't even know where the heck we were but uh, well I guess they kind of knew where we were there's this cute little grocery store they went up there so I'm all by myself and when I'm by myself you know how I am my imagination tends to wander so I grab I don't know what the hell I'm thinking but I grab this <laughs> this little like uh, cattail grass blade 
and put it around my waist. Like I'm gonna pretend like I'm Link from Legend of Zelda. My dad had this really nice knife that he used to fillet fish uh, and such. I put it through the thing, pretending ah I'm Link from Legend of Zelda. What happens immediately? It falls right through and bounces off the dock and splooshes right in the water. My dad comes back and I say, um, Dad, I, I dropped your knife in the lake. And he says, that's really nice, Joe. And to this day, that is probably the most popular Georgism of all time. back here on purple mafia segment number two again apologize that my voice is a little bit kind of funky uh probably the first segment it wasn't too quiet i really apologize for that but um i'm still gonna give you the full emotion that i'm feeling i'm so freaking pumped up uh so nfc north roundup detroit and chicago chicago hosts the detroit lions and they win their first game of the season 17 14 congratulations and, um, well, maybe Jay Cutler's played his last game for the Chicago Bears, or so they would like to hope. The 1-3 and three Bears have get their, get their first win of the season. The Lions drop to 1-3 and three in Soldier Field. Brian Hoyer, maybe he'll be the bridge, band-aid, whatever quarterback for the Bears. Very strong game. Matthew Stafford, well, there it is. I mean, have I mentioned Matthew Stafford's inconsistent? Do you see this type of stuff out of, uh, out of, uh, Sam Bradford, do you see this type of stuff? Quarterback rating, 56.8, two interceptions, no touchdowns. The accuracy is okay, 64%. I've seen worse. So Bradford was 72. Uh, 200 yards, all that good stuff. Both quarterbacks attempted 36 passes, but Brian Hoyer completed 28 versus Stafford's 36. And then also, well, Hoyer had two touchdowns, zero interceptions. Quarterback rating, 120. Very sharp performance. Accuracy, about 78%. 300 yards for Brian Hoyer. Very strong performance. Uh, Jordan Howard. Jordan Howard rushing in this game, averaging about five yards a carry. Uh, 111 yards, extremely consistent the whole way. Jordan Howard, fantastic game for the Chicago Bears in Soldier Field. Marvin Jones Jr., again, the favorite of Mr. Matthew Stafford. Very strong performance again for him, 74 yards, but did not get in the end zone. A disappointing performance for the Lions, but a very strong performance for the Bears. Eddie Royal, 111, so that's weird. The second Bears player to get 111 yards in the game. A touchdown for Eddie Royal. Doc Miller, the tight end, also adding a touchdown for the Bears. In a, in a solid game, I mean, good for them. They need to win something, right? They need to get some wins. Uh, Akeem Hicks, very talented <laughs> Son of a gun, adding a sack along with Cornelius Washington for the Chicago Bears. A good performance for a team that I think is better than one in three. But then again, I mean, you could say the same about the Detroit Lions as well. Very talented offensive players on the Lions, but not a very inspiring game for them at all. Um, Good job by the Bears defense, though, man. I mean, theoretic, only three yards a carry, 31 on the ground for the game. Not the best performance for the Lions, and good on the Bears. I, I like the Bears more than the Lions, so I'm happy for them. And Dylan Richardson is my close friend out of Northern California. Looks like those of you out there on Yahoo picked the Detroit Lions. Basically, basically, uh, 
basically three out of four of you picked the Detroit Lions to win this game. Well, you're wrong there. Congratulations to the Bears. The Vikings, luckily, well, now you get the, now you get people on Yahoo picking the Vikings to win three out of four times, and there you go. I uh, got to like that. Three out of four of you out there. Anyway, Brent Jacobson, I got to apologize to you <laughs> because uh, I forget what's that called, like Pick'em Challenge or like it's supposed to be like a game, like the easiest win, basically. Like, yeah, th- this one they're going to win for sure. And I picked uh, what an idiot of me not to pick any game where the Cleveland Browns are playing. My apologies to Vince Germano, who is a Browns fan, but my God, they just, they just, they're, they're not serious about anything. Um, the Patriots, I thought for sure would beat Buffalo. Did they? No. I thought the Cardinals for sure would beat the Rams. Did they? No. Must win game for the Cardinals? They didn't even show up. And now you got concussion protocol for uh, Mr. Carson Palmer. That really sucks for the Arizona Cardinals. They talk about windows and Super Bowl windows. This is why you got to win now when you have the chance. And the Cardinals did not get that done. Looking a lot like 2010 for the Arizona Cardinals, if you know what I mean, when it comes to the Vikings. L.A. Rams, the Los Angeles Rams, after getting shut out by the 40 suckers, the 49ers, in the season opener are now 3-1. and one. Wrap your head around that. Talk about urban legends. The overall urban legend, though, which, again, I rudely did not mention in segment number one, and I was thinking about it the whole time, is, well, it's Odell Beckham. What a mental case. Just look at the guy, for one. Does he... I don't know. I mean, I apologize if I'm annoying somebody for saying that, but whatever. Um, Whatever. And he's just talking all this stuff. Yeah, I mean, we can make the uh, urban legend... Butter Walsh, all we want, but let's let's make it uh, let's make it that guy for this time. And also, of course, the LA Rams—they're three and one after getting shut out by the 49ers. Again, wrap your head around that. I can't figure that one out. Dallas, San Francisco doesn't get more classic of a matchup in the NFL history, pretty much, than those two. I mean, there there aren't too many. You got Washington and, and New York Giants—that's pretty good. But um, Minnesota and Green Bay, yeah, Green Bay, Chicago is as old as it gets. Um, Wow, you can just go on forever. Um, but yeah, Dallas beating San Francisco, which pisses me off. I'd rather see San Francisco win, but the Cowboys also 3-1 and one on this season. Wow, um, they're doing well. Denver getting to be 4-0, 27-7, very strong performance, and Paxton entered in there, and he did strong again. Timba Bay continuing to not be that great. Um, Oakland beating Baltimore, what a big one there. Baltimore getting their first loss of the season, 28-27, a very strong offense with Derek Carr leading the way in Oakland, and looks like I'm more right than I thought, huh? More right? <laughs> I was wondering if I was going to be right after the way they started out, but now they're 3-1. and one. Go Raiders. How can you not like the Raiders? I mean, cool. Nice to see them performing. Carolina Panthers, another one. Wow. Getting throttled by the Atlanta Falcons, a 300-yard performance by Julio Jones. 300 yards. This guy is a son of a biscuit. He really is. Uh, Cam Newton also concussion protocol again. Wow, I mean, I, I just can't believe it. Uh, Falcons are 3-1. and one. <laughs> NFC South. Mm-mm-mm. NFC South, Atlanta Falcons showing up to play uh, big time. They might win that division. They look really, 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 really good. Oh, boy, I don't even want to think about it. No, 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 no. I don't even want to think about it. Nope. No, no Atlanta Falcon talk here. Oh, no. Let's go Viking defense. Let's show those SOBs who's the better of the two, the great offense versus the great defense. Speaking of great defense, Seattle Seahawks stymie and beat up the New York Jets for their third win in a row, 27-17. Much to my chagrin, the Seattle Seahawks back in the mix, and it pisses me off. I hate them so much, so much. And now they're 3-1 and after getting embarrassed by the L.A. Rams early on. Uh, 
they actually lost their second game of the season. It wasn't their first, but you get the idea. <laughs> Jacksonville and Indianapolis. Pagano, time to go, Pagano. Time to go, Pagano. Out of here. Jacksonville beats the Indianapolis Colts. Jaguars played very well in London, and congratulations to them. Uh, Cincinnati's shutting up. Basically shutting down the Miami Dolphins, 22-7 to in a pretty ugly game. Congratulations to Cincy, though, in that case. Uh, Pittsburgh over Kansas City, Sunday night, unwatchable. Sometimes Sunday night's good games, sometimes they suck. This was like a Thursday night game, because, you know, Thursday night games kind of usually suck. Um, but, uh, well, this one was a, a sucky one. A very sucky one, 43-14. It was 22 nothing before you could blink in favor of Pittsburgh. I don't like the Steelers very much, but good on them for whooping up on those Kansas City Chiefs. So now the Houston Texans come to U.S. Bank Stadium, and I do think the Vikings' chances in this one are very, very good. Texans beat the Tennessee Titans, Tennessee Titans, 27-20 in NRG Stadium in Houston, which will be where the Vikings will play later this season in uh, February. But no, I'm kidding. Well, the chances are are there. They exist. I won't say they're great, but they're there. They're they're potentially pretty good. Uh, Fuller, Will Fuller, a guy that the Vikings, well, they didn't have a choice to pick because he was already drafted by the Houston Texans. They're 3-1 and one on the season. They're not bad. They're really not. Uh, they got shut out by the Patriots last week, and the Patriots got shut out this week, so go figure there. I wasn't too happy about that. The Buffalo Bills winning 16 nothing, kind of pissed me off, but, well, I mean, what more is left? Your 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 third string quarterback has a sore thumb. I mean, what's next? Uh, injured thumb, I should say. Your backup uh, out with a shoulder, and of course your starter suspended. I mean, whatever. Patriots three and one, surviving the first four games in that situation. Good hood on them. Houston Texans again, also three and one, beating Tennessee at home. Brock Osweiler taking them up fourteen nothing early. Brock Osweiler will be an interesting quarterback for the Vikings to go up against. Ryan Suckup, the former Chief, making a field goal, a few field goals in the game. Good for him. Um, Texans, well, their kicker can make 53 yarders. Damn it. And 45 yarders. Hmm. Got me a little bit worried. Well, where do we go from here? Um, Brock Osweiler, the good news is, again, look, just, just look at it. I mean... <laughs> You know, I don't want to get cocky or anything here, but two interceptions against Tennessee. Two interceptions against Tennessee. That defense isn't that good, is it? So what does that tell you? I mean, do I have to get cocky here? I don't mean to, but do I, I mean, <laughs> until you can prove it otherwise, if you cannot hang on to the foot, if you're even a little bit sloppy against this Vikings defense, there's no way you're going to win the football game. And there's no way I'm going to pick Brock Osweiler without J.J. Watt, who's out for the season. I was obviously on the defensive side. <laughs> There's no way I'm going to pick the Houston Texans to beat the Vikings in this one. Uh, Will Fuller off to a very good start. He's one of the top rookies of the season so far. 81 yards in this game and a touchdown. Again, Brock, Brock Osweiler, I mean, he's not a bad quarterback, but I, I don't know. I mean, I don't think he's that great. Will Fuller, though, two touchdowns so far, 323 yards in his rookie season. Stronger than I thought he was going to be. And good on him out of Notre Dame. Will Fuller, better than I thought he was going to be, man. Uh, me and Sebastian, we did not like him coming in. But he's, he's doing well and good for him, really, frankly. Um, it is what it is at this point. He's averaging 81 yards a game coming in. He's 
Well, put Xavier Rhodes on him. That's all I got to say. Rhodes closed. The roads were very much closed. As much as I hate construction, I like seeing roads closed when it comes to the Vikings. And Will Fuller, uh, well, his road needs to be closed. Let's, let's not see 80 yards receiving. And I don't think he's going to get 80 yards against Xavier Rhodes and this Vikings defense. I do not think it's going to happen. That's just me. Um, the rest of these guys, Lamar Miller is a name. He's a familiar name. He's a versatile running back for the Houston Texans. He had a solid game. Um, he's a bit overpaid for what he is, but uh, he's not a bad player. Uh, he, he's, he's somebody that might drive you a little crazy. He's fairly consistent out there. Uh, not bad, really. 351 yards on the ground. He's averaging about 88 yards a game. I don't think you're going to see numbers like this from the... Uh, uh, yeah, of course, that's where he was, former Dolphins there. But um, I, I, I don't think you're going to see a performance like this uh, in an 80-yard game from um, Lamar Miller in this one. I just don't see it happening, to be quite honest with you. Boy, I was looking at the wrong thing there. But, yeah, he was on the Dolphins, a 1,000-yard guy, eight touchdowns, two years in a row there for the Dolphins. A very consistent running back. That's the one thing that's a little scary about him. Um, he's going to drive you crazy. I mean, he's averaging almost five yards a carry throughout his career. So good on him when it comes to that. Um, expensive guy, but again, he is what he is. I think um, he's definitely a threat coming in. Will Fuller is as well. But this defense, uh, again, until you prove otherwise... I can't go against the Vikings in this one, and I think the Vikings go 5-0. and I think they force turnovers. I think they shut down. I, I, I don't think Will Fuller's going to get numbers like this against this defense. I, I really don't, and I trust Sam Bradford against the Houston Texans defense. You don't have the pass rush from J.J. Watt coming in. That's a good thing. You're not going to have J.J. Watt whooping up on <laughs> Sam Bradford in this, in this team. If the Houston Texans come into U.S. Bank Stadium, and beat us, that would be an extremely disappointing game. I think the Vikings offense is capable of scoring of scoring when they absolutely need to. Not constantly, unfortunately. We would like that, but this defense is capable of shutting down more dangerous offenses than this one. Even though this is a fairly versatile offense, you have an inconsistent, kind of a messy quarterback who can be good at times, but can be a mess, and that's Brock Osweiler. Um, he started strong in the game, but he started to struggle later on, and Tennessee made things interesting along the way. Good luck, or good on Houston, though, to at least finish the job. Uh, Osweiler, he, you know, he, he can make plays, but he can also turn the ball over, and I think the Vikings will turn Osweiler over twice in the game, multiple times. That's just my opinion. I think that's how things will go. Uh, Lamar Miller, they're going to try to establish the run if they're given the chance to. But once they're behind, which I think the Houston Texans will be, I think the Vikings get an early lead in this game. That's just my humble opinion. I don't think you're going to see Houston jump off to an early lead in the game. You won't see as much Lamar Miller, and they will have to count on Brock Osweiler. And it's not going to work out. Uh, you're going to see some plays from Will Fuller in this one, but you won't see enough plays from Will Fuller for the Houston Texans to win the game. You know, it's like the Vikings find a way to score in the mid-20s on a regular basis because of defensive plays and offensive plays along the way. Uh, but they don't give up. They never give up <laughs> a whole lot of... They've never given up 20 points yet, and I don't see Houston scoring 20 points against the Minnesota Vikings. So I will go with a similar score to last week. I'm going to go with 
to 14. 24-14, Minnesota will beat the Houston Texans by 10 points in U.S. Bank Stadium. I think they're better than the Texans. I think the Vikings go to 4-0. The Houston Texans drop to 3-2. They will continue to compete to make the playoffs in the the AFC over there. But Houston is not ready to come in and beat the Minnesota Vikings, despite the fact they have some talent on the offensive side of the ball. Again, J.J. Watt being out is not helpful. Uh, it's a decent Houston defense, but without their leader and the probably the best defensive player in football being out for the season with the back issues coming back too soon, it's not going to help the Houston Texans' cause. And the Vikings will win 24-14 to in U.S. Bank Stadium. So there it is. Um, with that, I guess we will jump into fan interaction right after this. back here on purple mafia segment number three that would be fan interaction so to get there we're gonna you'll see the information in the show description but i'll talk about it anyway (laughs) at twitter or excuse me yeah for twitter at purple mafia show at purple mafia show for twitter and for facebook facebook.com forward slash purple mafia show facebook.com forward slash purple mafia show we do have a phone line it is 209-736-7877 209-736-7877 it is a voicemail do treat it as such mention you're calling into the purple mafia show or purple mafia talk about the minnesota vikings shout out comment whatever it is <laughs> Complaint? No, hopefully not too many of those, but uh, just beam about the Vikings. Keep it to a minute or two maximum. And there is a call now button also, which will go directly to the line from the Facebook page for Purple Mafia. And, of course, there are those out there that may also want to do an audio submission with your uh, your smart device, smartphone, smart tablet, whatever the heck it is. They're free. They're They're on them. They're on there, either a free app or it's already on there. There's built-in ones on everyone pretty much. You can uh, email that audio device to paladinolive at yahoo.com, paladinolive at yahoo.com. Thank you once again for joining everybody. Tanae Wilson-Brown out of New Zealand hits me up on Twitter. He says, I hope we see something out of him today because, according to Bleacher Report at the time, uh, it said Laquan Treadwell active for MNF, that being Monday Night Football versus Giants after being a healthy scratch two out of first three games. And they didn't throw the ball his way. He didn't really see much action out there, unfortunately. Mad Martin out of Northern Scotland saying, just watching last night's game, Walsh has to go with three angry faces. And I agree with you completely, Blair. I completely agree with that. Uh, Mad Martin continues saying, I'm getting goosebumps from the noise in the stadium. Not had a buzz like this since 98. Time time to book flights for the playoffs. And yes, I am comparing this team to 98 in terms of the ultra-talented defense. In terms of not the defense being ultra-talented on that team, but just saying we had an ultra-talented part of the team. (laughs) Historically talented. In the offensive side, in that case, this side of the defense, this team's defense is as talented as that team's offense. It is that ridiculous, that amazing, that history-making. And it's awesome. This team is primed for a fantastic season. uh, Before I get back to uh, Mad Martin, Think about this. Just look at it. To finish 11-5 and five would be extremely disappointing at this stage, and that would be equaling last season's record. The Vikings would have to finish 6-5 and five to finish 11-5. and five. That sucks. Think about it. Continue with the math. 7-4 and four to be 12-4. and four. That's not the best. The Vikings, I think, could do better than that. And then you're talking 8-3, and 13-3. That's Super Bowl level right there, ladies and gentlemen. 
How many 13-3 and teams have not only made it to the Super Bowl, but have won it? I mean, hello? And then anything crazier, like 9-2, and two, well, you get the idea. 14-2, and two, that's a f- phenomenal football team. Um, anything beyond that, I, I don't know. I'm almost scared of going 15-1 and one because the last several 15-1 and one teams haven't won the Super Bowl. I mean, you know, chalk that up. Don't know if I want to go 15-1. and 16-0, well, <laughs> okay. Um, then just freaking finish it this time. You know, don't be like the Patriots. The Patriots should have won that game, but they didn't. Okay, back to Mad Martin out of Northern Scotland. He says, Newman at 38 is still one hell of a player going to, going step for step with Beckham. Loving this. And he was fantastic. Mad Martin showing the game on his on his smart device there. That looks like a tablet, and it looks beautiful. Good job there. <laughs> yes, sir. Good job, Mad Martin. Malcolm McSween, both uh, and today, I would like to tweet I was mentioning, had to stay off the internet. Who is this? Oh, that's him. That would be Mr. Mad Martin. So thank guys for retweeting that. <laughs> so let's get to the Facebook page. Uh, yay, I have the Brave the Wild one loaded. How smart of me, huh? Genius, Joey, genius. So let's get back to where we left off. Episode 222, Vikings Sack Panthers. Let's see what you guys had to say about that. Leland out of Iowa saying, keep up the good stuff. Another great show. Thank you, Leland. Thank you so much. Gerald String out of Nebraska saying, enjoy the show. Always makes my drive go a lot faster. 100% on board with you getting Treadwell some snaps. I think we're all about ready to see what our number one draft pick can do out there. Also... Starting to like a Cordero has finally matured as a football player. Yep. Really, man. Um, and finding ways to contribute. Starting to use him as a gunner. Yep. And it worked. Wow. Didn't see that coming. And he played very well. Had a great tackle on one punt. And, that, and this was last week, folks. Uh, plus was the one that downed the ball on the two-yard line on the drive and the punt return. I will try to attach a post. I am not very savvy at this stuff. And there it is. Uh, Prefer on pa- on Patterson playing Gunner, and he-, he helped force a fumble yesterday. So it's working. Good job to everybody involved there. Now I asked everybody out there because I never heard anybody comment about it. I thought somebody'd say something, but luckily that didn't mean it was a bad thing. I wanted you guys to tell me how you feel about the George Story segment. I mean, I put some work into that stuff. They're pre-recorded, well, which any normal person would do. You get them ready to go so you don't have to do it on the fly, which I think is not a good idea to do it on the fly. Get them pre-recorded, get them ready to go. Um, I wanted you guys to talk about it. Are they worth keeping? Should I scrap it? And I didn't hear one complaint. Uh, Mark Carlson out of Iowa says, I enjoy them. Keep. Justin Mayer Henry out of Colorado also says he enjoys them. Bruno Stokely. Thank you very much, Shayla. Yep, and he says... uh, Trying to see where he's from, and it doesn't say. Doggone it. Doggone it. Well, okay, so he probably wants to keep that anonymous, I suppose. Please keep it. It's a nice break. A nice little break and a great show. And thank you so much, Bruno. That means a lot to me. Tanae, out of New Zealand, like I've said before, says, keep them coming, mate. They're great. Thank you. Dave Hickey out of Iowa says, George is your dad, I guess. I missed who it was, and yes, he's my dad. Dave says, I do enjoy those stories with a funny little twist. Yes, keep them going. So not one complaint. Anybody out there that does like, that wants to say their feelings about it, please continue to let me know. The Vikings versus Giants in-game thread. I tend to slide down to the bottom. Why are people... Why is this getting hidden? <laughs> Mark Carlson said, I, I had to have bumped something on my phone. Um, people were getting pissed off. Tony saying firewalls. Mark Carlson saying boo. 
Dave Hickey was saying, I'm going to go on a limb and say if Walsh makes it through the season, it'll be a miracle, and next year we draft a kicker. Yep. Um, Yep. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> Beckham, uh, Odell Beckham Jr. is going to have to find a friend in the league besides Josh Norman. Yep. Uh-huh. Deep pass to Charles Johnson, and he catches it. That was Mark Carlton. Couldn't believe it. Dave Hickey saying, they are really spreading the ball around tonight. I like it. I'd like to see Treadwell get involved, but I need Diggs with a big play or the Vikings D to come through. That's because he's in fantasy. <laughs> I'm only five points behind in my fantasy, and it would be nice to win the game in fantasy and fantasy matchups as well. Tony Coleman saying 4-0. and oh. That's uh, Tony from South Dakota. First time since 2009. It feels good. And I think Tony might be the only one on this board here that was a listener to Purple Mafia that season because I covered that season on Purple Mafia. That's how long Purple Mafia's been around. To all the little weeds that have sprouted up the last three, four years, or like three to four months, <laughs> to all the weeds out there, were any of you recording Purple Ma- uh, your podcast in 2009? No, but I was here. Just just, just uh, giving you a little heads up on that one. Mark Carlson saying, boom, 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 is in four. Yeah, Dave Hickey saying, yes, skull, another one bites the dust. Woo, purple rain, or more like purple rain, as in like they rain as kings. Love that skull chant, too. And that's been a new thing, and it's undefeated so far, the skull chant. Pretty cool. Uh, the post-game thread. We jump into that. Justin Mayer Henry says the defense is so nasty. Damn, it feels good. I was itching to see Eli hit the turf all night, but the pressure got it done. Odell was crying, like always, as they got to him early. Rose gets the MVP tonight for me. I agree, and you heard it in the first segment. Walsh upsets yet again. That missed kick in the playoffs still has him all jacked up. I'm super nervous whenever he walks out on the field. Yeah. And Mark Carlson doing the four booms again. He says we are four and oh, <clears throat> and that's without AP and Bridgewater playing head to head with the hated Peckers. Woo! Reference to Dylan Richardson and getting it done in spite of another missed field goal by Walsh. Coverage on Odell Beckham was outstanding. Yep. And I have to say that every weapon in the toolbox was on the field today, even CP84. I don't remember a Monday night game where I go to bed with a smile. Skull aren't from Iowa. Oh, you re- you remember one. You remember one back in 98, don't you? Other than that, there haven't been a lot of good Monday night games. Uh, the Vikings have had a lot of disappointing Monday and Thursday and Sunday games, but not anymore. Now we're just grading them, and it looks like we've lifted that curse. It really does. Let's lift the biggest and worst curse of all at the end of the year. That's all that's left now. Let's get it done. Tanay saying 4-0 is great. Vike... Pardon me, I didn't even mean to... <clears throat> Trying not to cough it here. Woo, getting dry. <clears throat> Vikes looked really good today. Defense was incredible, as it has been for the last few weeks. I'm loving the connection between Bradford and Rudolph on those third downs. Yes, he is. He's so reliable on them. And, and next week's goal. And uh, real quick before I get to Tony, I might as well mention this right now. I should have mentioned in the first segment, but it, hey, as long as it gets on the show, that's what matters most. The Vikings were in the red zone three times yesterday, and how many times did they convert? All three. That's right, all three times the Vikings converted in the red zone. <clears throat> Things are starting to really change around here, because remember last year, what was one of the Achilles heel of this football team? We didn't convert in the red zone for, for uh, worth crap, and you had to count on a Blair Walsh field goal. Yeah, sure, he made most of them last year, but not the one that counted most. Tony from South Dakota says, I, ha- I have to admit... 
I had my doubts about Bradford coming into the season. I'm very glad he's proving me wrong. As I told a friend of mine who's an Eagles fan, sometimes a good player just has to find the right team in order to become great. I think based on what we've seen the first uh, in these three games, he could get there. I'm feeling even better about this team every week. Oh, and the Purple Rain defense has defeated three MVP quarterbacks in a row. Aaron, Cam, and Eli. Keep it going. Dave Hickey with two comments here saying, What a game. We keep it. We keep getting it done. About, or excuse me, using about all the tools in the box, like Mark said. Roads closed. Odell Beckham Jr., what an excellent job. Has he shut him down? X did on him tonight. He gets my Fran Award, and Walsh gets my Ponder Award once again. And you're dead on there, Dave. <laughs> Star candidates to Tony and Dave here. Um, I keep hearing whispers of Robbie Gold, the former Bear Kicker, coming over, and maybe he can become part of a winning tradition that Zimmer and his staff have created in Minnesota. I love the Purple Rain. In tribute to Prince, maybe they can take the emotional year of losing him and all our team leaders, Teddy, AP, and all the others in and out of the lineup all year, including Rhodes, who was one of the leaders tonight. I feel great about our team. Bradford is doing an excellent job not turning the ball over and making third down completions and controlling the ball. I'll take W's any way we can get them. We have a very deep team, and as long as the defense keeps kicking ass and stays healthy, the sky's the limit. And it really is, Dave. It really is. Legitimate star candidate, Dave Hickey, and Tony Coleman there. And, whoa, there's just likes. Uh, Sam Bradford getting the last laugh. Awesome article on FoxSports.com. Awesome article. Lots of people liking that one. No comments. Let's check the visitor post as we head to wrap this thing up. Um, Brent Jacobson, I should mention, uh, texted me about what he thinks is the best nickname for the defense. I chose Zim Reapers out of that purple, purple pain. And, oh, man, I forgot the other one. Gosh. It was the purple pain, the Zim Reapers, and purple, purple people eaters, which, you know what? That, as much as I, you know, it's a great name, but that was their team. You know, we don't need to copy them. So, out of respect for them, I'd let them keep their old name. Oh, that was funny. That was Jeff Froyland. Uh, where are we? Boy, there's a quite a few here, but most of my articles getting posted. But it is good to mention them. Um, here we go. Interesting conversation about uh, on Fox Sports. Does Sam Bradford make the Minnesota Vikings a strong Super Bowl contender? Yes, I I think he does at this stage, and it was an interesting conversation on there. So. Fran Tarkington, man, I'm glad the Vikings snapped up Zimmer. Yep, Fran Tarkington says that. According, these are from Tony Coleman. Thank you for, yeah, keep uh, posting these, Tony. Really appreciate it. These are from TwinCities.com, which is also known as the Pioneer Press. <laughs> A good, very good newspaper. Thank you. Keep posting these, Tony. These are very well appreciated. Uh, gets me going there. Uh, the Zim Reapers. Yep, there we go. Leland, good job. Zim Reapers. I like that name better, especially being it's October. It just it kind of puts you in the mood, doesn't it? The Grim Reaper from Castlevania or whatever else. <laughs> Ali, Ali, post uh, the pro football spot. Flashback Friday, beat Vikings beat the Giants 20-19 to in 2008. Can clinch the division. I do remember that. Ryan Longwell kicked that field goal, and he sent us to a division championship. Our first in a, a while there, quite a while, actually. Since 2000, gosh, 2000, yeah. We did not win the division in 04, 03. 
uh, very funny post here by Jeff Roiland. How it shows Walsh to the the name is to the left. Hmm, I wonder why that would be, right? <laughs> That's so funny. Like his name, the name Walsh is to the left, uh, quite a bit to the left there. Ali posting predictions of Vikings and Giants. I think you keep these coming, Ali. Always appreciate that. Tony Coleman says only three undefeated, only three teams remain undefeated, and it showed the Vikings, Eagles, and Brancos, the Brancos. And another one by Tony shows a knock-knock joke here between uh, uh, Sam Bradford and the three different quarterbacks in the division. Sam Bradford says knock-knock. Cutler says who's there. And Bradford says foreign. And Matthew Stafford says foreign who? And Stafford says four and oh. And then they show Aaron Rodgers with that looking down kind of stare that he does at his press conferences after another loss for him. Ha ha. Three MVP quarterbacks, one passing touchdown, five interceptions versus Vikings defense. And a nice article there. And just scary, awesome statistics in this. This defense is Chicago Bears 85-like, without a doubt. Without a doubt, uh, Ali posting about the article, kind of the beat writing there, the 24-4-0 there, 24-10 score. Interesting article here posted from Jen Jen Jacobson. And uh, the New York Daily News, behind the design of the new Vikings stadium, I says, here's something interesting that I wasn't aware of about U.S. Bank Stadium. The roof is designed to make the visitor's sideline louder than the home sideline. Very cool. It's an interesting way to have a home court, home court, home field advantage, isn't it? It's a way to go. And uh, hey, if it works, it works. Let's let's go all the way, baby. And if we make it to the SB, the Super Bowl, we better have the home side. Then doggone it, that being next year, maybe we're going for a repeat next year. Ooh, wouldn't that be something? That would be quite a feat indeed. Uh, like history would be quite different at that stage, wouldn't it? We'd be one of the prides of the league then. If we're trying to go for a repeat, because those don't happen very often. Um, wow. Well, that wraps up the fan interaction. I want to thank you guys so very much, and I also want to thank you for your patience in terms of uh, if I sound a little bit faint. I'm trying not to. I'm trying to be loud enough, but at the same time quiet enough, if you know what I mean. I don't want to wake my wife up. It's just the way the schedule is here, and I'm glad I'm able to record still without causing a ruckus. That's That would be disappointing. Better pass out the stars, though, because I'm prone to forget. Um, Gold Star is going to go today to Dave Hickey, Silver Star, to Tony Coleman, Bronze Star today, to, 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 Justin Mayer Henry, very strong takes there, really loved it, Justin Mayer Henry, Bronze Star today, out of Colorado, yep, thank you guys so much for your conversation with me, thank you for the nice words about the George stories, I will keep them coming, I was recording more of them this weekend, um, but I wanted to make sure you guys actually liked it. I didn't want to keep recording them. If you guys were like, that's kind of cheesy, kind of dumb, and what's the point? And it's just kind of like not related. No, it's just a light little moment that I thought you guys would like. Um, what a nice, beautiful weekend it was, by the way. Now you get the Hurricane Matthew blowing all this freaking moisture up here. That's literally what's happening, by the way. You notice how the weather patterns are going straight up from the south? Straight up? Yeah, that's that's because of the hurricane. A lot of you know that, and a lot of you maybe don't. Maybe you don't care. Maybe you just didn't think about it like I didn't think about it in the past. But then it's like it just dawned on me, oh, that's what it is. I wasn't told it. It just dawned on me. It makes perfect sense. I mean, every time there's a hurricane, it gets windy from the southeast, and stuff is coming directly up. Like, why do you think that is? Because there are, there's a hurricane southeast of here. Uh, yeah. <laughs> a storm that powerful is going to affect a huge chunk of the planet. <laughs> 
<laughs> and it is. So just like the polar vortex did a couple of years ago, it affected a huge chunk. And uh, there you go. At least a huge chunk of the continent, dare I say. <laughs> Maybe not the whole planet or anything, but the continent. Huge piece of the planet, sure. So um, after that, here comes the, cool, the cooler weather again, but at least drier. Thank God for that. Maybe we could get some dry dirt when I mow lawn so I don't get mushed up and stuck and tear up people's yards. That would be appreciated. <laughs> but um, the excitement I feel for this football team right now is uh, it's really high. Um, and I, and it's also guarded because we've been through so much. I mean, we have been through so much in this town. you got 12 games to play. Anything can happen. Anything can happen, but pray to God that the guys stay healthy. The important players, obviously, on this team stay healthy. And, man, just keep up the good work. You know, I mean, this could be one of those wonderful years. It could be the wonderful year of wonderful years. I mean, we experienced 1987, 91 in this town. Those of us that are fortunate enough, old enough to remember, that we're old enough to remember those wonderful, wonderful moments, those wonderful series that led to world championships here in Minnesota. But a Super Bowl will pale and will make those pale in comparison. I mean, it just will because football is bigger, and the Vikings have always been the most popular team in this town. And the emotions, the ups and downs we have been through for generations with this franchise, to see it finally happen would be the happiest moment of our lives and well of our sporting lives. The rest of our lives, hopefully, there's a little bit else going on, but <laughs> but in our sporting lives. It would be the most wonderful moment ever. And the way this team continues to progress and overcome and continue to climb the steepest possible mountain, it's making me believe more than maybe I have in the past. That maybe there is something going on here. Because every time a team has won a championship, or has, has well, they win a championship, the, the stars align and certain things happen that wouldn't happen normally. And you have special seasons. And this one's looking like something pretty special. Doesn't guarantee anything, but <laughs> it has the makings of a wonderful, wonderful season. And let's take advantage of it while we have it. Let's enjoy every single minute of it. We'll be back next week. Obviously, I'll talk about this on the next week's show as well. I will not be recording during the bye, because why would I? <laughs> so it's just enjoy the week off but we will have one more week and we will enjoy the hell out of it I'm glad we're going back to the noon game so I can record Sunday afternoon, Sunday evening Sunday evening but I don't mind doing this either uh, as long as we win that's all that matters most and we look as amazing as we do and we get the national recognition that we're getting it's pretty awesome so we'll talk about the Houston Texans game in about six days until then five six days until then take care everybody and thank you please tell your friends about Purple Mafia